Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe Shellerud, and today I'm joined by Matt. And Matt, we are recording episode number 100 right now. Sure are. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So we hit triple digits. We made it. Yeah, we made it. This is, you know... (laughs) Yeah, it is pretty crazy when you think about it, like 100 episodes in. I don't know. It, it's gone by fast, but it seems like it's taken a while, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for this episode today, what we did is we polled some people on the team and people on social and just asked a bunch of different questions. And so that we've got some fun questions that we can hit for the podcast. But before we get into that, you know, it's kind of a milestone today hitting 100. It's kind of fun to look back and like speculate just like the evolution of not just like ad advance, but like Amazon advertising. You know, it's kind of fun to like think back, like back in the day when we first started and honestly how simple it seems now looking back and where the platform has come from at that time. So I don't know. I mean, what, what's your thoughts? Like walk us through like the early days of Amazon advertising and kind of what you've seen and what, what's the progression been like? Yeah, sure. I mean, it has been a major, major evolution and not just on the feature side and like the new ad products that are out there, but like strategically things have changed so much over the last, you know, 10 plus years. It's crazy to think back. I started roughly seven years ago and looking back, you know, sponsored products was really the only ad type. You could run an auto campaign, a manual campaign. There was no product targeting. Yep. They rolled out this crazy new ad type called headline search ads and HSA. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now now referred to as sponsored brands. Things were pretty simple back then. There was a lot less competition on the platform. And adverti- advertising strategies were quite a bit more simple. Yep. You could keyword stuff campaigns. Yeah, uh, you remember those days yeah. where we could just set up like, and we never truly got into like keyword stuffing. We were big believers in this, but there were many strategies at the time where it's like, okay, create a campaign, have a thousand different variations of all these random keywords. And it's limited to a thousand, or at least it was at the time. And now, all right, create another campaign, another thousand. It doesn't matter. Just use these keyword generators. It was, it's kind of crazy looking back. I mean, what allowed that was it was, there wasn't much competition. And so even if the keyword was completely irrelevant, you could still have a decent ACOS or return from it. But yeah, I mean, just like that strategy itself, that was huge back in the day. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Obviously, you know, still picking relevant keywords holds true then and still does today. Like yep. the ones that perform best are longer tail, very related to the product. Yeah. I mean, there was uh, in terms of like more advanced controls, bit plus, if sure. you remember. Yeah, that oh, was yeah, your, that was your yep, top yep. of search control. And mm-hmm. that was controlled on Amazon's end. It would allow... Amazon to increase your bid up to 100% for top of search placements. Sure. It was kind of like dynamic bidding in a way too. Yeah, to an extent because you couldn't set the multiplier yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of fun looking back too. So when we first started the podcast, we really like hit kind of, we went step by step through the process and how to set campaigns up and really how to optimize them as we go. We started with sponsored products. And then if I remember right, progress into sponsored brands. And then I think we got into sponsored display after that. Sponsored display, actually, when we were rolling out the podcast, I mean, there's been so many evolutions there with that product too. 
what's kind of fun to look back at is like, well, there's been a lot of new features and everything. Um, the general strategies are still the same for some of these core products. I mean, we're optimizing bids and we're trying to optimize them to get a solid return based off of performance. Yep. Placement by adjustment or placement adjustments didn't exist back in the, the day and they came along later. But, you know, when we're optimizing bids, we go by performance. When we optimize funnels, like we look at the best performing search terms and then make sure that they're in downstream funnels as keywords or product targets where we have more control. And so a lot of the core fundamentals that we went through, you know, multiple years ago at this point, I, I believe still hold true. There's nuances that we've updated and strategies that we've updated as the markets changed. But a lot of these pieces really haven't changed that much over time. Totally. Yeah. You run auto campaigns for discovery, you harvest converting search terms from your auto campaigns, drop them down into manual. Within your manual campaigns, you're checking search term reports again, harvesting any converting search terms from broad and phrase, moving to exact. Like the funnel is a staple tactic and that still holds true today. Yep. Optimization, we have a lot of new metrics, but like the fundamentals are still cost per click, conversion rate, AOV, really ACOS and sales volume, um, those sure. still exist today and are like the underpinnings of bid optimization. We're still optimizing to hit specific KPIs, whether that's a specific ACOS target, a ROAS target, or volume targets or conversion rate thresholds and, and stuff like that. So although there have been a ton of new features that have allowed us to increase reach and fine-tune performance over the years, like the staple fundamentals still hold true today. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then it's just fun to look at too over time. I mean, so when we got going, sponsor products was the the core. That was the the core advertising type. And we had our auto manual campaigns. We could set up funnels. We had negative bids. You couldn't put negatives in on the auto campaigns at the at the start. Um, or at least on the product targeting Negative side. Targets, yeah. Yep, yep, exactly. Yeah, and so th there's been a lot of, yeah, it, it's kind of crazy looking back. Like, and so now we have we have sponsored display, and we have all the different targeting types that we can do. We have all the different creative control that we can implement on sponsor brands and sponsored display. And now we have DSP, which is just infinite possibilities there. Um, in terms of reporting, we've got Amazon Marketing Cloud and Amazon Marketing Stream. Um, so, yeah, it, it's really cool the amount of information we can now get, which allows us to really expand the strategies that we can implement for somebody newer to the Amazon ecosystem. Um, it's a lot harder <laughs> than it once was to, to try to get this in terms of both competition and features you can implement, too. I think that's my other key takeaway. I mean starting when we did was a great time because it allowed us to evolve as the product evolved trying to jump in right now it would be it'd be pretty overwhelming totally yeah i mean we said it earlier on you could keyword stuff your campaigns five six years ago because the platform wasn't all that competitive so cpcs were low over the years cost per click has escalated so much each year like if you're not on the cutting edge of new feature introductions and ways to maximize conversion rate to offset that CPC climb, like it's too competitive to really produce viable advertising results. So I think that's a really interesting trend looking back over the years is uh, 
five years ago, like our ACOS was uh, aggregate across all categories was roughly 25%. Sure. Today, aggregate ACOS across roughly all categories is 25%. What's changed? Cost per click has grown pretty tremendously. The conversion rate has grown so much with it because we have so many additional controls now. Like, sure. I mean, rolling through the features would be next to impossible, but like bidding by placement controls are huge. Being able to fine tune percentages by ad placement um, greatly improves conversion rate and helps us evaluate the cost premium of all these different placements. Just breaking out the four auto targets within auto campaigns has been huge. Close match, loose match, substitutes, and complements. Being able to fine-tune bids for each of those categories has led to significant conversion rate benefits. Sure. The list goes on and on. Product targeting, um, stream, like that's yep. crazy. Before, you know, the reports that you looked at for the most part were like advertised product reports uh, for sponsored products to get ASIN-level metrics, search term reports to look at search term performance and harvest. Uh, and that was largely the extent other than bulk ops. Sure. Now we have this crazy thing, Amazon marketing stream, where we're getting like every metric at an hourly grain near real time. Sure. And just the access to information is so great. And it's become a game of like compounding returns, like each efficiency in all of these different areas adds on to the efficiency in the next. And so like the compounding effect on conversion rate has helped offset that, that rising CPC. Yep. Yep. And that's why, I mean, two key takeaways. One, anytime we can get into a platform early or a new feature early, we tend to see a lot less competition. And that's where you can really help set yourselves apart. So that's like when we got going on the advertising game, it was a lot easier too. Um, so one, it allows you to experiment with a lot less competition, but two, just get much better results just because you don't have competitors driving up the bids. And then the other piece is now with all this extra data and information, those who can take advantage of it are going to put themselves at an advantage. Those who can't are going to be at a disadvantage. And so there's definitely pros and cons. Like, you know, personally, like for people who love to dig into the data like we do, this is awesome. Um, at the same time, it really makes it much more complicated. And there's a lot more tools that you need to use um, to make sure that you're staying ahead of the game. So, yeah, like you said, you know, it's gotten much more competitive, but we have so many more tools to make sure that our ads are relevant, are shown to the right people, which then increases conversion rates and causes our ads to perform really well, even at the higher cost per click. So yeah, yeah so it's a win-win. Yeah. And the theme of like nostalgia and advancements over time with Amazon, like a great example of the early adopter advantage is sponsored display product targeting. Sure. When they first rolled out SD, there was no audience targeting involved with it. It was just product targeting. And we immediately integrated all of our sponsored product product targets to sponsored display product targeting campaigns, and nobody was using it at the time. CPCs were so inexpensive. Sponsor brands video, another great example on the keyword targeting side. Sure, yep. And like, there was so little competition for those ad placements. Like, they generated so much incremental volume at such a low ACOS. And Amazon is continually releasing new figures, new features that maybe aren't on the level of an entirely new ad type like SB video or SD product targeting, sure. but each one offers some advantage. It fits in the ad mix somewhere. Those are the things to take advantage of early and figure out where it fits into your overall ad mix 
and how can we exploit it before others do? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So we'll get into a couple of the questions. I'll throw some your way. I'll throw some my way. So there's some more like technical feature questions. There's a couple more personal ones. So Matt, in your opinion, which Amazon advertising product looks to set Amazon apart from other major advertising channels? Amazon DSP. Um, for a variety of reasons, like one, the cookies crumbling. Uh, first party data reigns supreme. If you're a brand looking at upper funnel strategies or even bottom of funnel strategies, like Facebook performance, it isn't there. Like Apple put hammered the nails in the co- in the coffin of Facebook. Brands are looking to diversify their advertising budgets. And in this economic climate, especially like the ability to target at a granular level and deliver great performance and be able to quantify performance is huge. So the capabilities of DSP are crazy. They're immense. Um, sure. And there are a ton of advantages to Amazon DSP. I'd say that's one of the key ad types, key features that Amazon has that puts at an advantage over other DSPs, other advertising platforms, and really creates uh, a competitive edge for brands against other brands and this sure. super competitive, efficient landscape. Sure. Yeah. And I'll, I'll add to that and I'll say, I'll expand and I'll say the first party data from Amazon that helps fuel Amazon DSP. And I, I will also plug sponsored display as they're starting to roll out different products to also help advertisers off of Amazon too. There's a lot of awesome first party audience data where, you know, we've gone through the, the comparisons before where we talk about Amazon versus Google versus meta slash Facebook and other platforms. And just the power of the actual sales and conversion data, you can really reach the right people with your advertising. Um, And then the other piece that you're getting to with DSP is just then the reporting pieces that go along with that to then truly measure what your advertising is. That's the other powerful piece that DSP with its, uh, the huge deep dive that you can do and just the, the amount of technical backing that's behind DSP definitely provides an edge overall. And so, yeah, I I think that's a key takeaway for me too, as we look going forward, feel like we're going to see a lot of big advertisers really start to leverage the Amazon advertising ecosystem versus just focusing on the traditional players like Google and Meta. Yeah. So number one, DSP, I would say number two would be AMC. So number one, DSP, because it helps deliver results, but like the measurement capabilities of AMC. Amazon for, Marketing Cloud. Yeah, for those. Yep. yep. Are insane. Like what you can piece together for Amazon brands, like full journey mapping and all sorts of really valuable information that helps measure the success of your campaigns yep. and determine like optimization. And I, I still see Amazon Marketing Cloud as in its early days. Totally. That's going to be kept being built out. And essentially that gives us, it allows us to see that full journey to really try to get a better understanding of what's the true return of not just lower funnel advertising. It's easier to measure because it's closer to the sale, but what's the true return of my upper funnel advertising and what's the true return of my full advertising funnel. And especially once you can start to bring in multiple channels and be able to see that full advertising return, there's a lot of power there. And so I think there's a lot more to come with Amazon Marketing Cloud 
And if we can get that true return on our full advertising funnel, it's going to allow us to, one, justify those budgets that are required, but two, be able to fine-tune that upper funnel advertising so that whole funnel functions even more efficiently. Um, and with that more information, just like on the sponsored side, the more data we have, the better we can fine-tune the funnel to reach the people who should be seeing these ads and are interested. And that finally converts to a sale and to the, the bottom line for different businesses. So totally agree. I feel like those two in combination, there's so much power there and really expect to see a lot more adoption going forward. Let's see so what has surprised you most over the last three to four years when building the team at Ad Advance? Do you have one? I, I yeah. can start talking. You go. You yeah. go. Yeah. So what has surprised me most is probably – so we hire our account managers locally, and they, they all work in our office in Duluth. So compared to like the greater – international or U.S. labor market, like it's, it's a much smaller pool hiring local. Uh, there are a ton of key advantages to that, which we don't need to get into here. But what surprised me most is hiring people with without advertising backgrounds, but having like really strong technical capabilities and their ability to just absolutely excel in Amazon advertising and grow to love it much in the way that we have, you know, sure. is that passion and their ability and drive to, to learn and be the absolute best at their craft. Yep. Yep. I'll agree. I mean, what surprised me the most is I love how this team has grown and come together. And I guess yeah. that's not really surprise, but I, maybe one of the things I'm most proud of like over the last three to four years is just being able to build this team and the structure and the tools and the training and everything else around it. But then just filling the room with all these super smart, awesome people and then seeing what people could do. Um, you know, the, the other piece is like, you know, when I started this, so I, I started the business myself and then saw what Matt could do and then recruited him to start helping me out in the very early stages. And so I think that's probably the key thing is not necessarily being surprised, but just it, it's amazing when you can surround yourself by the right people, especially those people who have the strengths and the skill sets that you don't necessarily have what you can do with that group of people. And so I, I think that's been really cool to see with that advance as a whole. Um, when we're hiring and we're bringing people on the team, like one, we're looking for that drive. We're looking for that technical and that data ability. But then two, being able to hire a very diverse set of people and thinkers, like we've gone through different like disc assessments and how we all work and how we approach problems and everything. And we have a pretty wide range, which is awesome. Cause then when you get that whole group of people in the same room, um, there's so much more that you can do than what you could do individually. So that's been probably a, a key takeaway, I guess, not necessarily a surprise, but one cool piece that I feel like has really helped us out throughout the years. Yeah. Yeah. Like on the advertising feature side, like one plus one can equal three because it's all compounding. Like every single thing done well, done right is added to the next stage. It's much of the same with like, I don't know, the people that we've hired and that are a part of Ad Advance. Yeah. You get all of these different personalities together and 
one plus one equals three all of a sudden, you know, like it, it's awesome. All yeah. the unique yeah. perspectives. Yeah. <laughs> what do you expect the Amazon ecosystem will look like next year? Sure. I mean, fairly, fairly similar to how it looked in 2022, you know, like in terms of Amazon advertising, it's still going to be predominantly Amazon brands leveraging it, but I expect a larger inflow of larger brands to start using some of Amazon's products for non-endemic or non-Amazon businesses like Mercedes-Benz using uh, Amazon DSP, uh, major insurance companies using Amazon DSP. I expect a larger inflow. So people are looking to like diversify their Facebook budgets and stuff like that. Larger leveraging of Amazon's first party data for non-Amazon marketing initiatives. Sure. Yeah. I feel like in general, if we look on the sponsored side, there's probably going to be some more tools set up to help out and simplify the setup process. You know, we have so many different pieces at our disposal. So like, how do you make it as easy as possible for say like new sellers to get into the Amazon advertising ecosystem and start advertising? So I can see some pieces being built out there. I see a huge focus on the non-endemic or the non-Amazon sellers, different verticals like restaurants or services like plumbers or electricians or hotels or different things like that. One, being able to leverage like Amazon's first party data, but then also all their, their key supply sources. So Amazon has the huge ecosystem there. You know, if we look at advertising on Amazon.com itself, I'd say you can't really put too many more ads on the page at this point. Um, so I see a lot of their growth coming in the off Amazon advertising. And then the other major piece I see is really focusing on, let's see, I just lost my train of thought. Measurement. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> data and reporting. Yeah. So data and reporting, I feel like it's going to be really key. There's going to be a lot more that comes out. I mean, that's just been the progression as we go along. And so I think there's going to be a lot more ways that we can measure it. And then it's how do we put that into practice and how do we utilize it as we go? Thanks for saving me there. Totally lost <laughs> my train it. of thought. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. Yeah. Two key areas of measurement that I think are like ripe for expansion and more capabilities, Amazon marketing stream. So that rolled out in 2022. It gives near real-time metrics at an hourly grain, but you can also like get access to data that you previously didn't have to an extent. Like you can group data by different dimensions that didn't exist previously. Sure. Could definitely see Amazon marketing stream expanding and becoming more powerful, potentially more customizable. I don't know, further expansion there. That was groundbreaking in 2022, but like, It'll really get its footing in 23, I think. Yeah. And then AMC, we talked about this earlier. Like, it's still in its earlier phase. I see a ton of, like, greater adoption and advancements coming to AMC in terms of, like, full funnel measurement, omni-channel measurements, total retail impact, like, all of those pieces becoming more commonplace. Sure. Sure. I love that. Let's see. We got one question. It was actually from one of my sister's. If you had to describe Joe as an Amazon product, what keywords would you use? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, this would be a good one to pull the office on or even the, the listeners. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, 
So fun fact, Joe's for whatever reason, a lot of people think like Joe's short. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Or like, at least not as tall. Yeah. And yeah. like conferences and stuff. You're like, oh, I didn't expect you to be tall. <laughs> Joe's like six three. So tall, <laughs> smiley. Uh these are terrible keywords. <laughs> um incredibly like data oriented. What's a good keyword for that? Logical. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, to a fault, I would say. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, yeah, that's one comment. Like, that's always the first response I seem to get at conferences. Like, oh, I didn't know you were so tall. And it's like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, all right. I love it. Let's see. It. What has been the biggest game changer in Amazon advertising this year, would you say? This year? Yeah. Probably. And we'll wrap this up. This will be the last question. So I have to go with Amazon marketing stream here. Like Amazon DSP has existed for years. You know, we so, talked about that earlier being like a major, you know, the pivotal thing looking at Amazon moving forward. Um, Amazon marketing stream, like the way you can leverage the data to time your ads based on conversion rate, like highest likelihood of it converting to a sale based on CPC trends, like all of these auction-based like market dynamic insights or consumer behavioral insights, be able to glean like all of those metrics out and have it influence your advertising is massive. And then the new access to data, like that dimensional thing I was talking about earlier, like sure. offers so much upside too for advertisers being able to get access to information that you didn't have previously. Yep. Yep. I'll second that too. I mean, if we look at like game changers on the sponsored side, like th this has been a major one, you know, we've talked about our progressions, but a lot of like core strategies still kind of applying from multiple years ago. Well, this one, the core strategies still apply, but there's so many more cool things that we can do now with the data. When you can see conversion rate just like fluctuate throughout the day very significantly, like there's a lot of cool bid updates that we can do to make sure we're taking advantage of that or even implementing day parting if you don't have the continuous bidding. Um, it's actionable. It's easy to put into practice even if you don't have software, if you just look at the general trends. But a lot of cool things that you can do from the data and just from that continual stream of data that's coming in um, feel like it definitely changes how we approach a lot of different items again those core strategies still totally apply but this just adds a whole new dimension onto how we optimize our sponsored ads which which has been really cool so well matt we have hit episode number 100 so Thanks for riding along the way with Absolutely. the podcast. Yeah, we couldn't have done it if people weren't listening. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. So, yeah, for everybody who's listening is gotten to episode 100, really appreciate that. Know that you have a ton of options out there and what to listen to and just for giving us uh, your time and following along. We appreciate it. And if there's ever any topics that you want us to cover or different things that you want us to hit on more or less or whatever, feel free to reach out. Probably best way is like reaching out through like LinkedIn or Facebook, but feel free to check out the website too and reach out there. But any feedback that you have on ways that things you want to hear more, ways that we can improve, whatever, we, we just really appreciate you listening. And as always... We'll see you on the next episode of the Ad Project Podcast.